0: all right everyone thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode before we get started we'd like to let you know that the uncommon gem podcast is an adult content show meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects we also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode we simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show <music> What is really good, everyone? We are back with episode 11 of the Uncommon Gem podcast. Thank you all for checking out the past couple of episodes. We broke the 10th episode. We are now in episode 11. We're continuing on. We're breaking charts. We're breaking records here on the Uncommon Gems. I'm very excited to see just how different it gets after these 10 episodes, you know, because that kind of is like a basis point. But we'll, we'll keep going, seeing how much different stuff we can get on the show. Today, I'm super excited to have this guest on. He's coming from Austin, Texas currently. He is a very good friend of multiple of my friends, and we all are very artistic, so it's very good to see him glow in this community that he's in. You can follow him right now on Instagram and Twitter, V504HotBoy. Definitely check out the clothing he's got on sale, because he's got some really dope shit going on. Please welcome to the show, Nick Baham.
1: How's it going? What's up, everybody? What is up, man? How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm chilling. Just sitting down for the day. We're excited to talk to you. It's been a long time.
0: I'm trying to think, I don't, like, we definitely, last time we hung, I was in Colorado, and you didn't even live in Colorado at that time, you were visiting. Literally
1: visiting. It's kind of been like that. I've been wanting to visit, I honestly had trips planned recently, and had to cancel, of course, COVID had to cancel. COVID. Everything.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean, so... Damn, man. Well, I'm glad to see you on the rise, man, because ever since you did move out, you've been just doing so much cool shit. I mean, first you went to New Orleans for a little bit, then you moved out to Texas. Now you got your own clothing thing going on. Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from New Orleans. I think I've moved back like five times now. I think it's the best city on Earth. It's hard to live there. It's a lot of fun, but it's hard to live. So here in Austin, there's just more opportunity. And I've been working in clothing and selling clothes for forever but here I really got to be able to get closer to the holy ground of vintage. So now I can get my hands on so much. It's like why even work for somebody else? I might as well be working for myself and collecting while I go along the way. So
0: That's right, folks. He's an entrepreneur. He's doing this on his own accord, and that's why I respect it too cuz to me like you're you're really digging for the stuff that you want to really go for, you know. That's that's what I like about the finding of clothing like this is that you have such a great attention to detail and great attention to clothing that you're really picking up some really good pieces.
1: And it kind of has to be because it's scary because it's an investment in yourself. So I can spend so much money. I have to guarantee myself a return just like with any business, but it's just different because it's just, I'm a one man show. Anything you see, it's all me and it's just all off my back. So I'm just excited because I have a really good ball rolling and I'm just ready to snowball it into something else.
0: And you also, let's talk about the cons. You're you're doing a lot of pop-ups, right? You have some some coming up in May?
1: So many pop-ups. So I have three coming up in May. Pretty big ones. They're pretty nice. I have one May 1st, really close to where I live in a little trendy area called North Loop, and that's where you'll have some of your OG vintage stores. So I'm excited. I have one with Urban Outfitters across from UT, and UT is huge, so I'm really excited mm. for that. And then I have one that I'm hosting myself, by myself, um, that's more intimate. And that's kind of where I'm going, especially with COVID. I want to have less vendors, more space, more stuff. So it's not like we're all on top of each other, like it's a flea market. Like, I really want to be able to give you an experience when you come. Nice.
0: That's the cool thing about it. Like, you know, you especially running your own thing, like you get to invite the people to the experience you want set the tone set the clothing set the quality and everything and every time i look at your instagram man i gotta say it's always fun stuff going on so we we gotta we gotta shout it out
1: (laughs) and we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about this so much more (laughs) oh yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely
1: i'm also part-time work at a store called monkeys which is one of the older vintage stores in austin i personally think it's one of the best vintage stores in austin And it's been such a blessing to do that. They just kind of like took me in. And I've been knowing the owners for years, but they kind of just took me in and made me a big part of the team. The amount of clothes I get to see from being there is overwhelming. And so (laughs) I'm just like super grateful. So shout out, shout out to Monkeys Vintage. That's the big OGs. I kind of I definitely gotta throw that in there. Really, it's more than clothes, and I really just wanna connect with other people and Mm -hmm. create. community for this because i think and we'll get into this more but the bigger picture is that we really only need each other and we can make things happen outside of what is already existing and so that's kind of the big picture behind especially going to get into with gem.
0: of course yeah got to collaborate with your friends got to collaborate network across Nick and I probably don't know each other that well personally, but the fact that I am able to reach out to him and have him pop up on the show, you know, like that's the stuff it takes. That's all it takes. You just gotta reach out to the people you know. Literally all it <laughs> takes.
1: Always, I, you always gotta leave the door open because you never exactly. You never know.
0: As always, we bring some attention to charities or donations that need some help and always we wanna bring some focus on more unique causes. Nick was really cool to bring a couple of unique causes to look forward to. So Nick, you mind listening off some of these?
1: Yeah, I I I just pay attention and I'm in the headspace of You get some you have to give some. And so uh, since I'm three different cities, pretty much in my head, um, I got to look out for everybody. So I think one of the big ones for me is in New Orleans called Feed the Second Line. It's a direct charitable nonprofit organization that supports local musicians and artists. And entertainers and what that umbrella falls into is the old school Mardi Gras Indians, which is a tradition I grew up with my entire life, my parents grew up with their entire life, and it's basically the follow a tradition of black Native Americans, it's a big thing and and it just gives people a sense of history. And so they they do things like I know upcoming they're doing a, a big second line for one of the big chiefs that died and so that's their ongoing charity right now. But they're 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 consistently like making sure artists have events because with COVID a lot of people who live in New Orleans are musicians and performers and so with COVID it could just kind of got fucked up. So now they're definitely putting on events and things like that. So it's it's really cool to see.
0: Every single page on their website is like, we're doing this for the culture of New Orleans, for the people that started this culture, for the people that live this culture. Like, they really want to make sure that point is really true across the word. They're really
1: small, on the ground, and you're directly helping, like, a neighbor. It's crazy.
0: Folks, that one is going to be feedthesecondline.org.
1: The next one is Free Lunch, ATX. Free Lunch are two, I can't remember their names, but it's two women based here out of Austin that are chefs and they provide free meals for people. And so basically they're helping fight reduced food insecurity. And so that's what like people Mm -hmm. like to say for displaced people. And I think every city's experiencing extreme displacement and here every day we're definitely fighting a lot of propositions that get brought up to hurt them. And I know that Denver has that really big. A lot of cities have that really big. I know New York has it fucking huge. They're one of the people who are actively behind the scenes feeding people the things mm-hmm. you don't think about every day. They're taking care of every day.
0: They, they publish a quarterly magazine that the funds for that go straight into their cause to helping more people get food.
1: No direct. And then you, in the magazine, you get updates on the people that they've helped. Mm-hmm. And so you get, literally get to keep track of their progress and their process. And I love the transparency with them that's the thing it's not just like oh i'm sending people people money for food (laughs) what's happening (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. you get to know that they're okay and also like where are they at um which is really important you know obviously these people do need food but they do need shelter they need mental health care they need a lot more to make sure they are okay so efforts like these we need more of that awesome that is going to be at freelunchatx.com that's right what's we got next
1: Boss Babes is huge. They're Boss Babes ATX. They do a lot of different things in the community. I think their big picture goal is to uplift voices of women and women of color. They host a lot of events. They have a lot of fundraiser type events. And they do a lot of online virtual talks as well. I've attended a few myself. And I've seen them do screenplays by women where they would just show you different women directors who were up and coming and just show their screenplays because that's one of the things that UT offers here. They'll do online virtual discussions and and almost like therapy for big topic discussions that and just stuff going on in the world today. And I think that that's super important. What I like about them is that there's a lot of ways that you can contribute with them. If you're local, just showing up to events is one thing. But I, I know that they have an online store. They take <laughs> direct charity. <laughs> so you can literally just donate the money, which I think is like kind of becoming a rarity for people to just straight up donate money to charities nowadays because it's so convoluted. There's so many charities today, right? Like more in your face more than ever. So I really like that. I know that I can trust them. I think a huge thing is women's reproductive rights. That's one of the big, big things that they push and try to inform people on. And so they have right now they've been doing, they have different leaders of the community and organizers and activists have their own special sessions where they, you can actually meet up and talk and meet with these people. And then they will be uploaded online later. Amazing. It's important to have that in Texas. And it's kind of scary to be that in Texas. So the more visibility for them, the better for all of us, really.
0: Kind of how you mentioned, you know, it's like networking across, like this is exactly what this is meant to do. You can find a mentor there. You can find someone that can collaborate with you in the future there people across the board working on so many different projects and so many different like creatives and cultural people too. So we're, we're changing times. You know, you want to make sure you start seeing yourself more and more in the world. I
1: love it. I, I love that the accountability is there. That's a big thing. It's that, okay, things are fucked up, but here's how we're going to fix them. I like actual solutions. So that's what a lot of these places are bringing forward.
0: Folks, that one is going to be at bossbabes.org.
1: The big one, Mexe Arte Museum, Austin off of Congress. I love the Mexe Arte. I've helped be prepare and install for the Mexe Arte. My partner has been working there for a few years and install preparatory work and collections. I'm pretty involved. And a lot of the people I know and meet that are artists in Austin are connected to the Mexe Arte as well. The Mexe Arte is one of the oldest, and I think maybe one of the only strictly Mexican art museums. Their executive director. Sylvia is amazing. This woman's a genius. She has been the executive director of that museum since it's opened and she still is today. And she's still hands-on with every single project that happens in that museum. She is so devoted installing and commemorating Mexican art and history which is kind of, it's kind of scary because as much as I thought I would see Mexican art on display in Texas, I don't in Austin. And so they're one of the big landmarks for events, for artists to show up and actually have shows and actually create the whole foundation for record keeping on Mexican art. Because when you think about it, a lot of art, African art or Southern American art, the museums aren't there. They're in New York, they're in LA, they're in they're in France, they're in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you have places of locality that are correct and are the right people to be storing those items. So that's huge for just the sake of history and record keeping and uh, appreciation and celebration of Mexican people and art period. So one of the ways you can help them is, especially if you're local, is you can get a membership. It's not, it's not crazy expensive. And just physically going to the museum and helping with the events. They do internships. And just in my time being there, I've seen a lot of people intern. And that's not an easy thing. The art world is not easy (laughs) to get into. No. So, the fact that I've seen a lot of people helping there in many different ways, it's just good for our community, period. Mm -hmm. They have an education department where children come in and they teach children and have painting classes with children. I remember when I was growing up, I went to an art school uh, in New Orleans. I can't think of the name of it, but it's super famous. They have a lot of art schools, and it was for elementary, and I would do theater dance and painting like three times a week all through the summer and that literally changed my whole life Mm -hmm. (laughs) like literally changed my whole life like if you could imagine me at like eight or nine doing ballet and then like and then like doing backdrop for a theater show like right (laughs) that's what it was and so it literally shaped my life so the more help that they can get as a museum the more information that can be spread and the more history can be preserved
0: really quick i wanted to hit on that because like you just said you know when you did those arts you found true expression of yourself not so much that you were doing art that you found yourself a couple episodes ago we had sydney duncan on the show and she's a ballet uh, choreographer and a physicist so she was kind of speaking how like jazz music improv in jazz music like really is like a great form of expression that led her to her form of expression in ballet All this to say, art is expression, so you want to see a culture that is 100% the culture, you know what I mean? Do the art shows, do the things that they are setting up. So for this to be fully Latin run, fully Latin artists, you know, and to like incorporate that too, like, that's the stuff that you don't see often and you want to make sure it gets love.
1: We need that. (laughs) We need it.
0: And like you said, you know, yes, the New York museums, they have the art, but it's almost always just a small section. You know, it's never truly a full on.
1: There are certain cases. Yeah. Or where it's stolen. Museums.
0: Right. Boom. Stolen.
1: So a lot of this art is stolen. A lot of this art gets purchased for low money. One of There's an artist called Clementine Hunter, I think her name is. And she's a black self-taught artist. And people back in the day would buy her art for two, three hundred dollars or some. Minimal amount, and now they go for hundreds of thousands. Fucked up, and it's super simple art, and it looks amazing, but it's just like that mentality of if there was a black institute for art, she could have held it there, and still have sense of ownership, and so that's and so then we can go into NFTs, we can go into all that.
0: (laughs) Oh God. I still don't know how to feel about all this NFT stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I think the art <laughs> on it isn't 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 worthy right now, but I think right. having a permanent record is important.
0: Folks, that you can find at mesicartemuseum.org. Please definitely check that one out. So, folks, Nick hit you with four places. Four places you can donate or research and spend your time looking into. And honestly, they're all incredible causes, so please, you know take some time read up on it there's some cool stuff to be found in this in this kind of list of things do you want to hit on anything else for those donations or charities there
1: no just seriously look at them i mean honestly just reading some of the things that they post on their instagram might change your mind about how you felt about something
0: we now get to the bulk of the show nick was gracious enough to tell us what his uncommon gem is today so nick let's go ahead and hear it
1: my uncommon gem is vintage clothing and basically just recycled clothing as a whole
0: Got you. Yes, because this is this is more or less what you're into right now, and you've definitely have been doing great work with it. Um, so tell me how a little bit how like it appeals to you in this way. How much it gathers your attention like that?
1: Well, I, I it started when I was young. I didn't have a lot of clothes or all the clothes I wanted. I remember we would have. I went to uniform schools, and I remember we had. One day every three or four months where we could wear whatever we wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And I would always wear the same like combination of clothes. Like I have always the same Mm. shit, And so kids would always fuck with me every time. And I like made a promise to myself. I was like, I'm never going through that shit again. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, since I was young, it's always been a hunt for clothes. And then I think I've been working retail my whole life. And so, from a young age, I got the inside of how to do a retail business, of what quality is, of what who's looking for. Because you know, you don't work for yourself right away. So I'm working for Gap right. and Apparel, Urban. I worked for all of them. So it's just watching them realizing that I can get it on my own.
0: <laughs> yep, because I think that's like a, a certain quality people may not really like respect or recognize. Like. You had mentioned, obviously, older clothes are going to have better quality material, better linens, like, mixed into the fabric. And nowadays, you know, things are so screen printed. You know, we live in, like, the quick, easy, gilded society. You know, can you talk about, like, the true authenticity of, like, finding something authentic like that?
1: Yeah, you're in a whole different echelon when you're wearing... Most of my stuff is either 50 to 60 years old, just about. Majority of it. And the fact that it looks better, feels better, and will wash better and will probably outlive majority of the clothes that are made today. It's just a statement on its own. We live in the, the time of athleisure and we live in the time of fast fashion, quick turnaround. And I think the difference is, is that when I pick this stuff, there's a story. So each of the items I have has a story, has a name, uh, someone handmade it and that's the difference. Right. There's There are a few companies out there that will, you know, hand make stuff, but when you look at it, it's expensive and it's designer and it's almost unattainable. And so in a way, reaching back in time, I can pull these pieces out that are the inspiration for fashion today, that are the inspiration for fast fashion and for basically everything. So it's really nice to be able to like be the curve. right. I can pick whatever,
0: (laughs) you know. Yeah, we should probably mention, you know, uh, right now, people can't see it, but Nick is in this closet of just absolute dope clothes all around right
1: now. (laughs) I'm just like my whole life being surrounded by clothes. Right. And so as I see trends come and go, I try to grab the forevers. And so that's the difference. I, I know that the stuff that I'm selling will be a forever statement piece versus you know <laughs> right, right. <laughs> whatever walmart shirt exists out there there's already <laughs> enough clothes and that's that's a big thing for me too there's already enough clothes out there mm-hmm. we could stop making clothes for i don't know how many years and we would still be fine
0: we throw away some that's probably like one of the biggest like garbage portions is clothing like we throw away so much clothes i also like think it's terrible still to this day and this is me personally but how they print all those super bowl shirts for the other team that doesn't win and then it's all it's bad news for like the Asian countries how get treated in working with clothes I mean.
1: And and there's uh, times where I'll find the discarded bulk of whatever didn't work. And <laughs> and it's wild. I think I think one of the big things for me in my life was seeing the amount of waste the mission that I can cut down on. Every job I've ever worked, we threw away tons of bullshit for every shipment of clothes or whatever came in. I can't tell you how much bullshit goes on behind the scenes. As far as being a green consumer goes, you really, it's really impossible, especially if you're shopping anything in a mall or anything that has a chain, you're not shopping sustainably. And it's kind of, and it really sucks because people are put in a position to be somewhat forced to buy stuff from Amazon or whatever clothing bundle company (laughs) is selling stuff. It's just way different. And so I think with change, people will understand that we're not just some people who are selling expensive T-shirts, but at the same time, no, this T-shirt's not $5. We should, I mean, let's talk about the labor behind it, like versus like me versus a corporation like I think people would see it as labor loss that people would lose jobs. But if if you were to shut down a corporation from creating product the way they do, sourcing for their materials the way they do, and the shipment behind it as far as like transit goes, and then receiving warehouses and then physical stores. And so between like... Between all that, you know, like we're we're definitely killing the earth, so I think it'd be worth it to change how we think about fashion. I think that if more people supported independent vintage fashion, then upcycled, recycled fashion can be high scale. If you look at Bode, like one of the companies that probably does upcycled, recycled vintage clothing the best, their stuff isn't cheap. But it's sought after, and it's desirable, and their carbon footprint is extremely low. There are a few warehouses in the U.S. that are shipping things. And just, just even thinking like this, they ship their clothing in cloth. They ship, you know what I mean? And so yeah. if big com- corporations could turn that around, I couldn't tell you how much trash could be out of a landfill. I'm telling you, every day I would throw away like four size trash bags of plastic (laughs) wow and so imagine that over like 10 to 12 years
0: and that's just one store you know literally one store that's just
1: one store and that's just one of the stores and so it it can get worse and it's just one of those crazy things that you you hear every day you hear that corporations do these things but it's one thing for me to like have physical evidence and be like yo just as me As the person running this operation, this is disgraceful.
0: That's the reason why we got to bring these topics up is because you always think like it is just one blanket thing. But no, there's several layers underneath that blanket. Look, we all know that the earth is already burning up as it is. So you got to start looking at the real costs of that, how much it is taken away from our futures and stuff like that, too. So I'm glad you look at it that way. I'm glad that's the approach you take. it. Like, I don't know too many people that go to find clothes with that mission in mind. You know, like, let's try to cut off emissions, cut off that.
1: And so another part of it is when I pick, I pick for other stores. So I'm never just picking for myself. I'm picking to wholesale to stores that sell vintage and kind of just keeping the top 10 to 15% for myself. What I have usually is like a small percentage of what I what I actually move. And people really have the mindset of, you know, it's all got to be me, 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 me. But it really takes a community to make these things happen. Yes you can't
0: yeah wrong. <laughs> i'm actually curious can you actually talk about that because whenever i looked at like the pop-ups or thrift cons stuff like that like you said like it's literally tables upon tables of tables of people doing the exact same thing you're doing it's just literally they walk around you pick clothes you communicate with each other but can you kind of talk about like that community feeling of this clothing
1: i love i love the community i usually don't have problems with anybody everyone's really just like And I will say that maybe for Texas, this is an an exclusion or maybe a Texas thing. I don't know. But I've never lived in another state where people support each other's hustle so much. I've I've never got as much support in another city as I do here in Texas from like strangers. And not saying that it's because they're so friendly or, you know, or whatever, whatever the case is. I just think that the mentality is different. So out here, I've had a really easy time getting into different vintage communities, getting opportunities and sharing opportunities. It's been really little confrontation or ego. I mean, and of course, the further you go up the line, of course, there's always going to be that person where you have a confrontation or situation or disagreement. But as far as I've seen and as what I've experienced, it's been very little. So when I go to big events, it's really easy to just walk around, talk to everybody and I'll buy. I'm one of the people who will go. And if you have what I like, I'll buy like 20 things. Hell yeah. And I I only do that so often, but like, that's what it is. When I was out there with monkeys, we were wholesaling to people just walking up. They were like, Hey, I have $300. How much can I get? $500. How much can I get? I have a thousand dollars. What can I get? And so we just had enough clothes to just be like, yeah. (laughs) let's
0: take it there you go let's work it out
1: you know what i mean so it's it's a give (laughs) and take you gotta spend some to get some and it goes for everybody that's my takeaway i have never had a problem in a community and if it is it's somebody's ego getting in the way so that's just Mm -hmm. the big stepper
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's even more than that too you know clothing and food stuff like that is just a necessity in life and so to sometimes the people looking for these clothes are really just looking for something that they need in life not so much that oh this is a really cool shirt oh this is a really cool thing no they need like specific things to wear around for specific situations so i think it's really good they have the most biggest chance to get that clothing get that article that they need you know
1: i would love to get into that individuality that's a big thing for me and that started for me when i was doing things like art camps It took me a while, but once I found, started finding clothes I liked, I never felt more like myself and it literally changed my whole attitude on life. And so I think that if everybody, no matter what it is, can find themselves in a piece of clothing, it's worth whatever you pay for it. And I think that's the true value of clothes. And I think everybody deserves to have the range to choose of what they want to wear. And so that's a lot of my background noise in my head while I'm picking is where's that item that's going to make somebody feel like themselves that they haven't found yet. And I think that's the, that's another big picture idea for me. So I try to do it all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you need. That's the kind of collection and attention you want to give to the people, especially because I decided in 2021, yellow is going to be my color. So I've been picking a lot more yellow clothing and I think it's been working out well, not so much because I said that, but because I'm noticing, wow, it appeals to me. And also like, it looks well on me. So I think this actually is a thing. And Sometimes people just wear a shirt that they never thought they would have worn, and they rock it. you know i one thing I like about your Instagram is that you actually post whenever people get your clothing, them in the clothing, and they always look like themselves, you know they look true to themselves, which is perfect.
1: It's crazy. A lot of people ask me like, you know, you're a guy selling dresses. What's that like? And <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and it's always funny because I sell everything, but I do have like a special affinity for like the like extreme feminine cottage core prairie style victorian situation and you just kind of have to love clothes and so a lot of the people that buy things from me especially off instagram because i sell a lot of ways for me to post something on instagram means that i'm like and i know this this isn't what most people think but if i'm posting something on instagram i'm not posting it anywhere else and i'm not And I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to sell it anywhere else at the same time. So if I post something to my Instagram, it's because I know that there's people in my followings that specifically want this. And that's special. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't take that for granted that people will follow me, not just because they know me, but because they know that when I post something, it's going to be tailored for the community because there is the community that's higher level than just everyday person who's shopping there's mm-hmm. that person who is hunting it down <laughs> 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 who might have a bigger collection than me <laughs> right you know what i mean, I mean and they're li- there, there's people
0: with storage units of this stuff so it, it can get pretty intense yeah it's
1: it's going overseas it's going to, yeah. to someone's facility it's going you know in lots of california it's going to california it's just that that whole thing is funny for me
0: uh so i want to ask you because obviously you know you've done the research to know oh this is like made it from this year this is made from this year from this um designer what is that feeling like of like when you truly find something like in that pile when you grab that thing you're like oh this is legit something like what is that feeling like
1: it's like the cleanest breath of air you can get like you know when you just have that like you know it's almost like relief it's like oh my god my work is paying off because It takes so long. I'm in a good bubble for finding vintage so I, I get lucky mainly. But people ask me a lot. Where the fuck are you finding this stuff at? And <laughs> and I just have to be like, "Look, it takes me weeks, days, right. hours of just like physically sweating, digging, and a lot of it has just been me making the right connections." So when I get to see it come full circle when I like pull out some shit that I want to keep in my closet. It just, it, it makes it all, it makes it all worthwhile really. And it makes you look at an even bigger picture because sometimes you're just digging and you just feel like, I just need to make, I just need to find this hundred dollar thing. So, you know, right. So I can pay this bill or you can be like, maybe this hundred dollar thing will become a $500 thing one day. And Maybe there's a different. So it's just, it's a lot of things.
0: <laughs> right. So a uh, thing that I think about is like how people who own Daft Punk merch own like some of the rarest shit on earth because it, they, they said they're broken up. So we got to say it's true because they're Daft Punk. Uh, but just imagine in some time that merch is going to be crazy. Like it's going to be so, so expensive.
1: <laughs> uh, DMX stuff was already expensive.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I Yeah. That's going to be skyrocketing even further now. Like a
1: good, uh, a good DMX shirt is like $300. And now <laughs> good luck.
0: Once again, RIP Dark Man X. Really? You will be missed.
1: The is... really Oh man. I'm about to I... barking like a dog and I'm gonna put on fucking uh, <laughs> I'm gonna play all the DMX hits. <laughs> right? Just rewatch Cradle to the Grave. Oh god. <laughs> and and Rough Riders. Yeah. I need a Rough Rider man. Or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Has there ever been, like, a moment where someone's shopping your stuff and they are like, holy shit, you have this, but you thought it was not so much that? Like, has that ever happened with
1: you? Sometimes, (laughs) maybe. I usually try to do my research, and that's a big thing. You got to know what you're selling. But it's happened a few times where someone's like, holy shit, and they're freaking out, and I'm just like, oh. (laughs) And especially here, because here everyone's in, especially the locals, if you're local, you're in tune with what, You know what this stuff is and you know what it's going for if you attend vintage events and you know that there's a lot of vintage in this city i think the biggest thing people freak out about is when i post like when i do like a grail t-shirt that goes for a couple hundred for under a 100 people like scream or usually if i if i bring out any gunny sacks there's going to be at least one person that screams when they pick it up because there's just some things that resonate with people that are just larger than life like the classics, like a like a good white tee. When you when you find that perfect white t shirt that's for you, you scream every time you find it. And yep. it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. So it's just fun. Right. <laughs> it's fun to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Giving people
0: joy—that's what it's all about.
1: I think my big thing, my big my my big last point, is making it matter. Like, if people aren't willing to be informed, or to change ways or to figure out something different, then none of this will fucking matter. I think, and especially our generation, the generation before us, are really down to just say fuck whatever was happening beforehand, and this is how things are going to be now. And so I think as long as us as this tight-knit like generations that we have going, I, I hate to say like millennials, I hate you know, no one wants, yeah, no no. One wants to hear it. Yeah.
0: Can we get, like, the Game Boy Color era? Can we get, like, something, you know?
1: The era of people who just, like, aren't not doing shit. Right. And, because like, I can talk shit all day. We can... <laughs> 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 but the era of people who were just like, fuck this. There is a different way. We don't need certain things. And so I think the more everyone can get involved in things like this, because it's not just about clothing. It's about farmers markets. It's about real health and, and taking care of yourself. When, when you look at other countries, other countries have big markets. They have huge markets where you can get everything and it's people, you know, running them. America doesn't have it like that. Not really New York. You might have a few for the majority of America. It's not like that. And I think the more we can get in touch and in tune to to, to traditional ways, and I hate to say traditional, but traditional ways of mercantile and being a community, it'll change things. The internet doesn't help. Uh, Oh God. (laughs) Oh God, no. COVID doesn't help. So I think trying to disperse the sense of individuality out of everybody and not that you're not an individual, but that there's a synchronicity to life and it's bigger than you being inside. And it's bigger than it's bigger than what small sense of security you might get from whatever bullshit repetitiveness you might be experiencing. Break the cycle and you will continue to break cycle. Change only brings change. And with that, the people under us can see what we're doing and continue those things. Someone's gotta grab the flame first right for us yeah. to follow and so you know i try to use my platform for whoever needs it and people that don't have platforms and people who haven't done these things before to say you know there's more than enough room at the table for everybody and it doesn't have to be hard <laughs>
0: right, right i think people make it hard on themselves you know like the idea of jumping that far is scary but really it's not even that far of a jump. It's just the first step forward. Like, that's that's what people got to realize is that the comedy example, I, I do improv comedy. So one of my teachers always said, oh, when you walk on stage, you're not going to die. Like, your character can shoot you and you will die, quote unquote, but you're not dead. You know, like, you're not dying on the stage. So it's about taking that leap of faith, truly entrusting yourself in some of the stuff's not going to work out. Of course, it's not going to work out. It's the first time you're doing it. You know, <laughs> like, no one's perfect at anything the first time. But if you stick with it, if you truly love it, it will pay off. It will come to you.
1: It's, it's so funny how little little things like that can echo into big things in your life. And if you address them and keep the accountability from the start, you'll have a much better life. And that's just what it is. And so it's not just about shopping vintage. It's about you know taking the time to be fully informed and having a full aspect on something and not being afraid to take a chance. Because that's a big part of it. If you could say fuck Amazon and never like I've never ordered anything from Amazon. <laughs> what praise? I've never done it, <laughs> and but my girlfriend will do it.
0: <laughs> That's the way around. But well, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's
1: like it's not like you're like a demon for doing it, but it's that yeah. I have this conversation a lot of. I know that there's times where it's convenient, and so I think if we could make our community more convenient for us then we would just, like, literally, America would just, like, fix itself.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. The protest started this last summer, like, just seeing people hand out each other water, seeing people, like, making sure they had masks, like, stuff like, small stuff like that. You should just be seeing that more and more often on a regular basis. It's not just because, you know, people are out on the street. That should just be a thing that should happen. Like, hey, do you need help with something? Hey, do you need fine clothing? Here's where you can go. Do you need fine food? Here's where you can go. Like, small stuff like that really changes a person's life, so...
1: Every city that wanted it saw a change in policy after events because people got involved and that's just what it is.
0: And I know everyone
1: has, has a say about voting and you know, I have my own say and it doesn't really fucking matter, but when you can start in your community and make it bigger, it it snowballs and it does change things. So it plays out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Cool. So, all right, Nick, so you're on the show for the first time, and I have to ask you this question because you and I are both big Yu Hockey Hakusho fans. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Drip Lord Kurama. What, why is this man's drip so crazy?
1: The GOAT. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's maybe... Okay, I have this, this thing where I think that maybe it's because he's actually a psycho and he has two personalities, mm-hmm. and maybe that is what is so, like... intriguing you know what I mean it's like in in both characters are so calm Yoko Kurama and regular Kurama what's his name Suichi (laughs) (laughs) but both of his characters are so calm and to be that calm in the sense of danger to me has just always been a thing I'm from New Orleans so we grew up fighting all the time so we would always be fighting boxing I had three brothers you know we were fighting and you know we were we were picking characters, <laughs> and Kurama was always my pick. And something about the transformation and the level of just like steady headed mindfulness—that's it, right? <laughs>
0: just honestly, honestly, that. So okay, maybe we should like paint the picture for the show. It's one of the goat animes ever of all time. But Yu Yu Hakusho aired on Adult Swim during our generation's time. Kurama is like this red haired person. Standing six foot
1: clean, dream, dream,
0: pink, yeah, like the hottest thing on earth, literally. Dream. Green eyes that'll melt you.
1: red, red hair, <laughs> green eyes, pink two piece, like, like with gold or, trim, like, like a, <laughs> like a, like a, like a lobby boy suit, kind of, right. Vine whip, just... and then he turns into this white haired to the to his ankles, <laughs> fox man that is just like.
0: He's got smoke just constantly around him. It just he doesn't even need a smoke machine. <laughs>
1: smoke, evil plants, and, right. and and just serenity at the same time.
0: Drip Lord, Drip Lord Karama—that's his real name. Yes, folks, please check out Yu Yu Hakusho. So we can all geek out about that show because that is underrated, and it's my favorite anime personally. But yeah, you can check it out on Hulu if you haven't seen it. It's real good stuff.
1: <laughs> I actually looked wow. in. I looked into the getting the box set for the for it. It's it's like eighty dollars.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's also could I own Yu Yu Hakusho forever? You know, like
1: that. <laughs> I think I might have. To I trigger one day.
0: They every now and again on Google they sell seasons for free. So like I'll buy like so far I have three seasons. So I was like, cool. I just have the digital copies. That's cool.
1: <laughs> what, what's your favorite era of Yu Yu Hakusho? Oh. Your favorite like segment of it.
0: It has to be Dark Tournament, bro. Like, it's gotta be. Listen, <laughs> I would come home from school, like, literally, like, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, you have no idea what's about to happen on this TV screen. Like, this is some hype stuff. It was such a good run of show, yeah.
1: <laughs> what's his name? Toguro?
0: Yeah, Tagoro. yeah.
1: Maniac. <laughs> Beefy, yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't watch any of it, just watch the use uh, Yusuke right. fight, and, or... The darkness of the dragon flame.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kie, my favorite character. I, I mean, Kurama's good, but <laughs> Kie is the fucking man. He, he is, just talk shit. <laughs>
1: He's just more badass. He's like a lot of rage in a small body. <laughs> you, can't, you can't top that sometimes. <laughs> right.
0: It's good. Yeah, you actually, all the characters, it's four main characters, but all of them are just great in their own aspects. So definitely, a, it's a cool, uh, how do you say, team of people there. And Genkai even, the, the mentor is the fucking
1: they, coolest, oldest lady ever. They curse, <laughs> they talk shit. Get, get through the first like 10 episodes and you're, and you're crispy. Right, right.
0: It, it's, it's a slow build, but you know, that's most anime. Well, Nick, thank you so much again for bringing this all to our attention. I'm really glad we got to talk to you about vintage clothing, especially because you're on Instagram. Do you mind telling the people where they can follow you?
1: Yeah, follow me at Z504HotBoy, all your vintage goods. I got them. I'm going to be making my own website pretty soon, so that's a big thing, too. So keep going the yeah. look out for that. It's going to be nuts, it's insanity.
0: And also, on his Instagram, he'll let you know about his pop-ups coming up. So if you live in Texas, if you're in Austin, please definitely check him out because he's got some really dope stuff, and you can definitely grab some. Stuff for your loved ones, stuff for yourself, you know. You'll be looking fresh these days. <laughs>
1: we'll find something. It's going to happen.
0: <laughs> Again, we got four places you can check out. It's Feed the Second Line. That's feedthesecondline.org. You can also check out Free Lunch. That's freelunchatx.com. Check out Boss Babes. That's bossbabes.org. And don't forget Messick Arte Museum. That's org. Definitely check out one or the other. Come on, give me give me something, folks. <laughs> I
1: think at least two awesome nick
0: do you have anything you want to say to the people before we go
1: um if you made it to the end thanks for watching i appreciate you keep gem. keep watching the uncommon gem Let's fire
0: hey thank you man much appreciated much love to you hope you're all well out there all right you too now thank you all right folks take care we'll see you next week Bye-bye. uh dmx just died so definitely got to talk about that at some point in the show
1: yeah uh, yeah we could talk about whatever wait no he died
0: he's dead it officially happened this morning now yeah dude
1: oh that's it's it's heartbreaking that's crazy i mean he did struggle for a long time yeah it wasn't like a secret thing yeah like he's been doing what what was it, heroin or or something since the since the 90s he's been doing it for 30 years
0: Yep, and like you know, you see it like just in his like lifestyle, you know. Like obviously he tried to quit it. Obviously he tried to get away from it, but you can tell it was something that was consistent. Well, look all at right. Lil Wayne.
1: Look at Lil Wayne. He might be. Right, we'll, we'll we'll save some of this for the pod then. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Three, two, one.